So have you ever had any zeal for anything? Zeal, you know, excitement, energy. Ever had a little bit of zeal for something? Maybe you've got some zeal for your favorite sports team. Man, maybe you're just really into your sports team. Or maybe you have some zeal for your famous favorite Christmas meal, you know, because everybody should have a bacon Christmas tree, you know. Maybe you've got some zeal for your favorite food. Maybe you have some zeal to fight and find that perfect Christmas present. I mean, you are going to go all out to make sure you get just the right present. Maybe you've got some zeal in your life. Well, 700 years before I was born, yes, and that is me, the worshipful company of Cordwainers, they got the rights to regulate the trade of leather in London, England. Now, I know most of y'all already knew that, so I just thought I'd share something to help you, you know, with family, you know, conversations over the weekend. 700 years before I was born was also the first time that it was recorded anything written down that there was such a thing as a cricket game. Again, something I'm sure y'all all knew, but just in case you need conversation for family get-togethers, you have cricket, and now you have the leather trade in London, England in 1272. So just a little bit of information for you. But here's the thing, 700 years before I was born, I can promise you those guys at the leather shop were not talking about me. And 700 years before I was born, those guys on the cricket field, they were not talking about me. But it's a little different when it comes to Jesus. You see, the story of Jesus has a, a completely different feel to it. Because 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah was writing about him, writing about him in detail, too. And what did he say? This is what he said. Isaiah 9, verse 7. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. I mean, that sounds pretty good, right? A government that has peace, justice, and righteousness, right? I mean, that sounds good, right? Vote for Jesus, right? I mean, that is amazing. So how long is Jesus going to be in office with all of this peace and justice and righteousness? Isaiah goes on. From then on and forevermore. That's a pretty good term right there, right? We have peace forever, justice forever, righteousness, all of these things forever. So that's a, a really good idea. When you see that, you do not want that guy to have a term limit. You want him to stay in control. But is Isaiah just whistling some Christmas carol here? I mean, how, how do we know? How, how would we know that 700 years later, that this, this baby in this manger in, in Bethlehem, how would we know that he really was going to be the king of kings? Well, at the very least, no other king had people writing about him in detail 700 years before he was born. So Jesus, he's got that going for him. But it's more than that. See, the, the Christmas story has something more. And what is that something more? It's zeal. It's zeal. And what kind of zeal is it? Isaiah tells us. Isaiah 9, verse 7. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish 
this. The one true Jehovah God, He is infinite and He is almighty. Infinite meaning He had no beginning of days, He has no ending of days. Almighty means there is nothing and there is no one that can ever defeat Him. No one and nothing. No other God, no other king, no other queen, no other president, no, no dictator, no pope, no priest, no pastor. There's no one who can make that claim and back it up. But God can. Jehovah God, the Lord of hosts, the God of angel armies, He can back up every single ounce of everything that's ever been said about Him. And He is infinite and He is almighty. What does the children's song say? My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's, there's nothing my God cannot do. So what is it that Isaiah is saying that God's going to do? This is what God's going to do. He is going to send His Son into the world. That's what God's going to do. And God's going to leave no doubt that He is the one sending His Son. You see, God established 300 prophecies long before Jesus was born. And every single one of those prophecies was perfectly fulfilled in that one baby in the manger. This is what God has done. That is zeal over hundreds of years and really before the foundations of the world. But that baby, that baby was not going to stay in the manger. You see, Jesus, he grew up to be a man. And Jesus grew up to be the, the one true sacrifice. He gave himself out of love to absorb, to ransom the penalty of my sin and your sin. That's what he did. And that was always the plan. Jesus didn't accidentally trip up and get arrested one day. He didn't accidentally suffer the pain of the cross. It was always the plan. He was born to die. He was born to take on the penalty of my sin and your sin. This is the plan. It was always the plan. And the zeal of the Lord accomplished it. But Jesus didn't stay in the manger. And he didn't stay on the cross and he didn't stay in the grave. See, Jesus, he was resurrected. He rose from the grave. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And he is alive forevermore. This is who Jesus is. But he's not just alive forevermore. The promise that Jesus made, the promise that was made about Jesus long before he was born, was that he would come again. That Jesus was coming and there would be a second advent. There would be a returning of the Messiah, a return of the Savior, a return of the King. Charles was the King of France and Sweden, late 1500s, early 1600s. He had some great ideas for his nation. He, he had all these things that he wanted to do for his country. But every now and then, somebody would say, ah, you, you're never going to be able to get that done. You can't accomplish things like that. And so this is what the king would do. His son, Gustavus, was, was just young, but he was already showing a lot of promise. And so when people started challenging the king on his ideas, he would just kind of put his hand on the head of his son 
And he would gently say to whoever was asking him, he would say, he will do it. He will do it. You see, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the baby that was born in Bethlehem, Jesus wasn't just any old king. He was the king of all kings. The scriptures tell us that his power and his majesty and his authority are beyond our comprehension. His peace is forever. His justice is forever. His righteousness is forever. Those things are eternal and he will do it. Make no mistake, this baby that we worship in this season, on this night, he will accomplish all that God has purposed through him and for him and really for us. So the question is, who's your king? Are you your own king? Are you your own queen? If so, then please know this, your throne is not forever. So just go ahead now and, and step down and surrender to Jesus. But why should you do that? Why should you surrender to a baby? I mean, that, that sounds crazy, right? Why would you surrender your life to a baby in a manger? Why would you surrender your life to this risen Savior? Well, here's why. Because only Jesus is the hope that can save your soul. And only Jesus is the hope that can satisfy your soul. Only Jesus. And how can Jesus satisfy you? I mean, really, tonight, you know, we're, we're going to leave and go get some good food and, and open maybe some presents tonight, some more tomorrow. We're going to be satisfied with Christmas, right? I mean, this will be enough. Why would Jesus satisfy our very souls? Ray Ortland said this, there's coming a day where there will never come one moment when we will say, this is the limit. He can't think of anything new. We've seen it all. No, every new moment will be better than the last. See, this Christmas will come and go, but Christmas with Jesus actually never ends. Every moment we continue to say, oh, this is better than the last moment. And when eternity comes and we're no longer celebrating Christmas here on this earth, we will be saying to our souls and singing to our souls, oh, this cannot get any better. He will satisfy our souls. How do we know that's true? How do we know this is not just some religious sham? The reason we know is because the zeal, the energy, the power, the authority, the majesty of Jehovah God, He will accomplish all of these things. And that's why we say Jesus is the greatest treasure in the universe.